Well, here's the deal. Next level impact. I want you to take mental notes, or if you've got your iPhone or some device, take electronic notes or take real notes, because I want to give you some things that you can reference back on when you're old enough to actually have impact. Because quite frankly, y'all are way too young to do anything important with your lives. I mean, just look at you. Who do you think you are that you could have impact? In fact, I don't even know what Dan was thinking because by the time you're of age when you can actually have impact, you're going to forget everything I say. So I hope you're able to take good notes because quite frankly, is anybody 18 and older? Okay, you're almost old enough to have impact, but not quite. Are you over 20? No, not, not yet. Now, when you hit 20, then you can have impact, okay? So what I'm going to share with you is for future, because you just can't have impact right now. <laughs> Who said that? That was beautiful. Was that, was that you? What? Was that you? Yeah. Could you say that a little louder? I said, boo, you suck. It's a little hurtful, <laughs> but she's on to something. Of course that's a bunch of garbage. Say that again, Mikey. I don't think you're saying it loud enough. They can't hear you. One more time. Yeah, here's the deal. You guys are old enough to do something with your life. Of course, I'm being facetious, sarcastic to make the point. And here's why I'm making that point, first of all, because sometimes people will say that thing to you. They will look at younger people, students, and say, not yet. And they dismiss people of your age. Let me just tell you, that is a bunch of junk. And here's also why I want to say, because you guys have it in your heads, some of you, that I'm not old enough to have impact, and you allow yourselves to buy into the lie that you're not of age to make impact. Just, I want you to repeat after me. Raise your right hand as if you're swearing on something. That is a bunch of bull loney. It's not true. I want you, as I say in church Sunday morning, get your friendly finger out, not your driving finger. Leave the driving finger in your pocket. Point to your neighbor and say, you're old enough to have impact. In fact, get your friendly finger out. And I want you guys to get this. Not only you're old enough to have impact, you were made to have impact right now. So turn to your neighbor and say, you were made to have impact right now. Yeah, you were. Here's what the Bible says. Do not, do not let anyone look down on you because you're young. This is a biblical command. It's not a suggestion. It doesn't say, hey, if you're feeling like it, don't let them look down on you. It's a command that says, don't let them look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and impurity. You guys are at a place where God wants to be using you right now. And I don't want you to forget this. I want you to make sure you get it. So say, I hear it. God wants you to have impact wherever you happen to be right now. Do y'all hear me? I believe my team does. I'm not sure the rest of your section hears you. Hang on. Y'all hear me, middle section? God wants you to have impact in your world. Because here's the deal. God is just good. If you agree with that, nod your head loudly. I mean, God is really good. I mean, wherever you look at the stories of Jesus in the Bible, people are drawn to Jesus. And he's so good that he wants you to have good impact wherever you happen to be. So let me just, I got a list of people in the Bible who had huge impact who were teenagers and younger. Is there any teenagers in the room? 
three of you? Get a little noisy. Come on, is there any teenagers in the room? See, here's the deal. I remember when I was in high school, the teachers wanted you to be calm. That's stupid. Don't tell your teachers I said that. I want you to interact and not be calm, right? Because you can listen while you're responding. So who's the teenager in here? Just let me know. Respond a little bit. Okay. Here, is anybody almost a teenager? Like any 12-year-olds in the room? Yeah, these, oh yeah. Very good. Hang on. Quick. Who's 12? Oh, wait a minute. Do you, oh, Parker. Man, I noticed something about Parker. There's 12 ladies and Parker over here. Just, just saying. Let me ask you. Thanks, Parker, for taking notes. Are these 12-year-olds old enough to have impact where they're at? Then point at them and say you're old enough. So let me give you a list of some teenagers in the Bible who had some major impact. Anybody hear of King David? Do you know before? You haven't heard of King David? Let me tell you about King David. It's, it's poor parenting. I get that. Do you know why I said that? Because his mom's right there and is a good friend of mine. I'm teasing you on purpose. Of course he knows. Some of you might not know who David is. David, before he became king, does anybody know what he did for a living before he became king shepherd? Anybody know what he did as a shepherd before he became king? He was a shepherd. And the Bible says that while he was watching the sheep, there were times when bears and lions would come and try to get the sheep. It's good, Zeke. Say that again. That was great. Yeah. And while he was a young kid, the the biblical scholars think he was maybe 10, 11, and 12 when this happened, he took down single-handedly without a gun, without a weapon, maybe a sling, he killed bears and lions. This is one bad teenage kid. And that wasn't the real thing that he got famous for. He got famous, and it's a story in the book of 1 Samuel, he beat a giant that if you look it up, he was 9 feet 9, over 450 pounds, he made Shaq look small. Can you imagine nine foot nine? The rim is 10 feet. He's nine foot nine. He could dunk like this. His name was, anybody know Goliath's name? Yeah, Goliath. Yeah. David went after Goliath when all the adults were scared. All the adults were scared. They weren't as brave as this one teenage boy. He went after Goliath and with a single sling, boom, hit him in the head, knocked him out, took his sword. He could barely pick it up because it was so heavy and chopped the bad dude's head off. This is a teenager. He was old enough to have impact. He can be a role model for you. And he had impact as a kid, and his impact as a kid set him up to be a man who changed the course of planet Earth, King David. Is that a little encouraging to all the teenagers here? How about another one? Anybody hear of this lady named Mary? She had a kid that you might have heard of. Any guesses what her kid's name was? Yeah, Jesus. He's a Spanish guy, Jesus. Um, Jesus was born with the mother Mary and the father God, right? You, you might know the story. Do you know how old she was when she conceived Jesus? This is kind of creepy. In that culture, 2,000-some years ago, in Israeli culture, young girls would be married off to older men at the age of 12, 13, or 14. And she was betrothed to a man named, anybody know his name? Yeah, he was probably in his mid-20s, biblical scholars tell us. 
Mary, most biblical scholars tell us she was right around the age of 13. Are there any 13-year-old women in the room right now? Okay, that's a little creepy to think about, isn't it? But don't think of the creepiness. Think of the impact that a 13-year-old girl had. This is amazing. A 13-year-old girl carried baby Jesus and gave birth to him, and he changed the world. What if a 13-year-old girl would have been unwilling when the Spirit of the Lord came down and said, hey, you're going to be a child? She's like, uh-uh, no thank you, that's too creepy. What if she was unwilling to go where the Lord had her go? The world would not be what it is today. It wouldn't be the year 2015 because that's where we mark it. Because Mary gave birth. 13-year-old girl. Anybody know, this is a little quiz for you. I'm not expecting you to know this, no pressure if you don't. There's a disciple in the Bible who's described as the disciple that Jesus loved. Anybody know who that is? Yes! I can see you're excited. That's worthy of a high five. There's a disciple in the Bible who's called the disciple that Jesus loved, and he's described at the Last Supper as kind of just resting his head on Jesus' shoulder. I mean, they were tight. Again, that seems a little creepy, but... John was his name, and he wrote the Gospel of John. He was very creative when he named his book John after himself, John. If I ever write another book, I'm going to call it Rob, the book of Rob. He might not have been creative, but he wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote three letters, again, very creative, called 1 John. That was his first letter. Any guesses what his second letter was called? Yeah, 2 John. And he wrote a third letter called 3 John. And then he wrote a fourth book. He got a little more creative with this one. It's titled, anybody? Revelation. The book of Revelation at the end of your Bible was written by this guy named John. John, when he was introduced to Jesus and fell in love with Jesus and became a man who changed the course of the earth by his five writings, met Jesus at the age of 14, most biblical scholars say. At 14, he surrendered his life to Jesus and the course of planet earth was changed because of Are there any 14-year-old men in this room? Yeah. See, what if this young 14-year-old man named John 2,000 years ago said, no, nah, I don't want anything to do with this Jesus. He knew that Jesus could use him to have impact in this world. And you are impacted today because a 14-year-old John met Jesus and did something about it. I'm telling you what, I, that's only three. I got a bunch more. I wish I could be a teenager again for a couple reasons. One, because these are impactful, powerful stories, right? And I had hair when I was 13. I'll be okay. It is okay. Yeah, I lost my hair in my 20s. Then let me just get through some more. There's a guy named Samuel who became the greatest prophet in all of Israel who predicted the coming of the first two kings of Israel. The first king was Saul. Nope, Sam. Saul was his name, the first king. But then he anointed the second king, this King David we talked about. He changed the course of the earth because as a five-year-old boy, he began to live in the temple and pray to God every day. He wasn't even your age yet. And as a youngster, he began to walk with the Lord. Then there's a guy named Joseph who was in his young 20s. So this is for you college types. Any college types in their young 20s? Yeah, 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 yeah. In his young 20s, he said yes to God. I'll marry this woman who's going to have the Lord's baby, and I'll raise him as if he's my own. Can you imagine how tough that would have been? Hey, guess what, fellas? I'm going to get married to this lady, and an angel told me that she's going to get pregnant by God. It's not my kid, but I'll care for her. What do you think the fellas would have said? Man, you're crazy. You smoking something? But this young 20-year-old guy, this is for you college-age people, was willing to surrender to God, and because he did, he had the privilege of raising the Son of God who changed 
the course of the earth. Then there's a guy named Jonathan. He's David's buddy. He and his armor bearer, when they were about 15, 16-year-old, went and took down a, a whole division of the Philistine army by themselves and overcame those who were set against God. I don't want to spend much time on it. And then there's these three dudes who were thrown into the fiery furnace. Anybody know their names? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are just great names. We should not just forget these. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's a story uh, in the Old Testament book of Daniel where they stood up against a, an evil king who said, you've got to bow down to me. And they said, we're not going to bow down to anybody but God. They took a stand for God. Biblical scholars tell us they were probably somewhere between 15 and 18 years old. 15 and 18 years old. They said, no, God, the, the king threw them into the furnace, and God rescued them and changed the course of their entire nation because people saw them stand up to a king for the king, and they changed the direction at the age of 15, 16, 17, or 18. I think you guys are old enough to have impact. But let me just check on this. Maybe all those stories of the Bible are exceptions to the norm. I'm just checking with you. Maybe these stories of the Bible aren't really to set up something for you to follow. Maybe they're just something for you to say, it's nice to be them, nothing for me. What do you think? Are they exceptions or are they examples? All right, let me just see if you're smart. Option A, exception. Option B, examples. How many of you think option A? It's the wrong answer. Anybody want to raise the wrong? How many of you think option B, they're an example? Of course, this is exactly what it is. They're examples for you to follow because you were made to have impact. Impact. Let me redefine it for you again. To have powerful or major influence or effect. To have strong effect on something. And let me give you one word that I want you to put in your vocabulary pocket. And this one word is the word that if you embrace it, your impact will skyrocket. That word is Djibouti. That's not it. I just wanted to say Djibouti because it's a fun country to say. Just making sure you're with me. Do you all say Djibouti just for fun? Say Djibouti. Djibouti. What's the capital of Djibouti? Do you remember that Dr. Pepper commercial? Yeah, Djibouti is the capital of Djibouti. That's not the word that will change your impact, though. The word that's going to change your impact is winsome. Everybody say winsome. Winsome is the word that if you embrace it, put it in your vocabulary pocket and live it out, your impact will go through the roof because God is good and he wants to use you to spread his goodness. If you increase your winsomeness, you will have great impact. Here we go. Winsome. Here it is. Definition. Attractive or appealing in character. If you ever read the Bible and you watch Jesus walk through the world, people were drawn to him especially broken, messed up people, people who pretended to have their act together, people who were the religious people. They weren't as drawn to Jesus, but those who knew that they, you know, had a pulse, therefore they had. Yep, that's good. We say that at the river. If you have a pulse, you got issues. Everybody's got issues. Some pretend like they don't. People who knew they had issues were just drawn to Jesus because he was winsome. Now, what I got is I got a, a few things here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you on visually up on the screens, and I want you to see if you can judge which of the two options here is actually winsome. I got two examples of how God's people have done things in this world. Two examples of how God's people have done things in the world. One of them is winsome, one of them is not. Let's, uh, where's Todd? There he is. Let's go through that slideshow real quick, and I want you to, this is option one. Turn or burn? Streetpreach.com. You deserve to go to hell. You're going to hell. Great. Raise your kids up. Look at that. Look at that shirt. I want to smack that little kid. 
Better yet, I want to beat his parents. Thank God for... Wow. God hates you. Jesus Christ is Lord. Repent. Repent. Jesus is coming soon with the fire coming up. You don't have God's grace. You are of the devil. Hmm. God hates America, but he likes the Vikings. <laughs> God hates you. Destruction is imminent. Your rabbi is a whore? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Well, okay. That's good, Todd. You can... Oh, wow. Worship at our church or burn forever. That's incentive. Hell is real. Yeah, yeah, wow. You know, as I'm, as I'm looking at these slides, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pulled into loving Jesus more. Because when you look at that, don't you see that God is good? Oh, my goodness. Gosh, that was horrible. Okay, obviously, that's not the example of winsome Christianity. That's not the example of how to be winsome and have good impact, although some think it is. If that's what you think it is to have impact for Jesus, I'm just going to tell you bald, uh, bald face, bold face. That's not right. I want to give you a different picture. This is about four or five minutes long. I'm actually going to move back here because I want to watch this next one. This is a video, and it's the, the Greater Niagara, Ontario Choir, Community Choir, that does something surprisingly in a strip mall on the inside in the food court. So it's not a strip mall, it's in a mall, but at the food court. Tell me if you think this is winsome.
That is an example of winsome. You see, the first group had to yell at people. Oh, not yet, not yet, not yet. You didn't see anything yet. You saw nothing. You saw nothing. You saw nothing. I'm also a Jedi. That's a great example of winsomeness. That's, that's the impact we're talking about. The first group was yelling at people how they're screwing up, how stupid they are, how God hates them. The second group winsomely impacted the world. That had over two million hits within three weeks. It impacted the world because some people who knew of Jesus offered something freely, kindly, at no charge, just to bless people. This is the impact God has for you. Not that you have to yell at anybody, but that you can offer something kindly and beautiful and freely to somebody. This is how the impact looks for you. Just be kind. Just be nice. Do something beautiful for somebody. Offer something that you have that no one else has and just give it away. You know, C.S. Lewis, who's an old dead guy, you just need to know he's an old dead guy, but he was smart. He said this. He said, Christians get caught up in trying to change the world. Here's what you need to do. If you're a Christian shoemaker, are there any shoemakers in here? Yeah. You're raising your hand. Oh, you're scratching your head. If you're a Christian shoemaker, he said this in the 50s. Who's it? Is it your mom? Oh, I was going to talk to him. Okay, that's cool. What, I'm not good enough for your friend? <laughs> he said this. He goes, as a Christian, if you're a Christian shoemaker, you don't have to go around putting crosses on the shoes you make. You just have to make excellent shoes. That's what these people did. They didn't go around and scream at everybody, I'm a Christian, you're not. They just offered something beautiful. This is your impact that God has for you. Everybody in this room can offer something beautiful I want you to leave here knowing that God made you for impact. Every single one of you. He created you unique to have a unique impact that brings his goodness to planet Earth. And so I want to quote a good friend of mine. Anybody ever hear of this guy named Dan Smith? He's an old dead guy. Oh, no, he's not an old dead guy. He's probably in the bathroom again. Oh, there he is. Dan was, this is a perfect quote, Dan. Uh, He asked the question, what does God put in your hand? What has God put in your hand? What has he made you able to do? How has he wired you? How are you different than others? What has God put in your hand when it matches what's in your heart? Impact happens. So when Jesus is in the heart and it matches your giftings, you'll change your world. Let's just be clear. Is everybody in the room old enough to have impact? Yes. Of course. Even our 12-year-old brothers? Of course. Even the old people who have gray beards like me? That's a little slow. That's, again, a little hurtful. Uh, Yeah. God made you to have impact. So I think it's time for you to go to your groups now. Uh, You know where to go if you've been here before. If you are new, come talk to Dan. He would love to meet you, and then he'll put you in the group that's your uh, gender and age uh, specific. If you don't know where your group is, talk to Dan, everybody else, go to your groups and talk about how you're made to have impact. Thanks, Mike Keene. <laughs>